Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Well, are you ready for the word today? All right. Well, the message title of the message today is To Infinity and Beyond. Okay. Y'all got that? (laughs) It really is. Yeah, I borrowed that from Toy Story. And uh, to infinity and beyond, you see, because we're going to reach one day. We're going to reach into eternity one day. And you know what? Eternity is a really, really, really long time, especially right near the end. And... uh, It just keeps going, doesn't it? Of course it does. We're going to be going to the book of Genesis this morning, and uh, you can follow along with me in the book of Genesis or follow along with me here on the overhead. Uh, But before we begin reading our text today, allow me to share just a little bit um, about some natural resources. Now, I'm sharing about natural resources this morning because it's going to work into the message today from the book of Genesis. It's going to actually make a difference to our lives. And so let's just refresh ourselves a little bit on natural resources, what they are, and what they do for us. I'm taking some of the information about natural resources today from this website in the event you wanted to find out more about it. Uh, I don't like to borrow too much, you know. They say that if you, uh, you know, quote one person, then, 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 then you know, you're, you're, uh, it, it's, it's plagiarism. If you quote, you know, uh, 50 people, it's research. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, I am... I'm taking something from eSchool, uh, eschooltoday.com. And so uh, let's just learn a little bit this morning about natural resources. And in just a moment, we'll make it fit, you know, where God intends for it to fit. And he'll tell us all about this great revelation right in the book of Genesis. Okay. Well, ever since the earth was inhabited, humans and other life forms have depended on things that exist freely in nature to survive. There are all kinds of things around us that we depend on, that, our, that the animals depend on, that, 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 that every creature depends on just to survive. These things include water, both the seawater, the salt water and the fresh water, both necessary for life, land, soils, rocks, forest, vegetation, animals, um, including fish and fossil fuels and and minerals. Um, These are all called natural resources, and they are the basis for life on planet Earth. All of these things I mentioned and more exist in nature. No human created them. No human ever created anything. We depend on what God provided. Everything around you is something God provided. We tap into their supply and these natural resources uh, in order for us to survive and to function properly on planet Earth. Uh, Natural resources are all connected, by the way. They are all interconnected. If you take one natural resource out of an environment, then all the other natural resources are in some way impacted. For example, if you were to remove water from an area, then the vegetation, the soils, the animals, and even the air would be negatively affected just by the removal of one natural resource. 
Uh, let me put up a chart here from eSchool uh, Today uh, that, that is a simple illustration of some things we get from uh, some of the natural resources. The natural resources can be consumed directly uh, uh, or indirectly. For example, humans depend on, uh, uh, on forest, for example. Uh, for food and biomass and health and recreation and increased living comfort. Uh, you know, indirectly, forests act on the climate and they control climate, the flood control, storm protection, nutrient recycling. You can see here that we get energy, you know, uh, from, our, uh, from, from water and also drinking water and also oil and the fossil fuels and, and the natural gas and, you know, uh, the wood. It, 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 it does so much, comes from our forest. Uh, you know, we build things from rocks and other materials and, and create shelter. Jewelry, glass, cans, in, in ceramics from minerals, Agriculture uh, provides us food as well as do the animals. And they provide wool. They provide leather. They provide recreation. You know, all of these are natural resources. And uh, sometimes the natural resources can be used in their raw form. And sometimes you take raw materials and combine them or refine them to make something else. I know that I'm giving you a, a first grade freshman kind of look at these things. But allow me, if you would, to make this point and to drive it home. Uh, for example, we can use um, uh, you know, uh, the forest to produce a tree. We can take the tree as timber and we can use it to produce wood or furniture or pulp or paper uh, or many other progress. You know, uh, in, in, in this scenario, we take raw material and we make it into something that we need. Every item in your home was made from a raw material that came from a natural resource. There is nothing in your home or on your body, nothing that was not made from a natural resource. You have not ever seen anything that would, did not come from a natural resource, from that which the earth supplies, from that which we get from the existence, the atmosphere, and the ground, the water. Uh, you know, all of these natural resources, the tea mug in your home and the tea in the mug, along with the, you know, a supply of electricity, the bread, the clothes, you name them, each of them came from a natural resource, from something that God gave us called the earth. Natural resources come in many forms, of course. They can be solid and liquid and gas. They can be metallic and non-metallic. They can be organic, inorganic. They can be renewable or unrenewable. You know, a renewable natural resource is a resource which replenishes itself in at least the same rate or a greater rate than what it is consumed. An unrenewed, uh, unrenewable resource means that humans are consuming more than nature can resupply at a faster rate than nature can resupply it. Well, it's safe to say, by the way, that everything we see comes from the earth and it was or is a natural resource. Everything you see came from the earth, even the people sitting next to you. With that thought in mind, let's begin in the book of Genesis chapter 1 with the sixth day of creation. Genesis 1 verse 46. 
Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. This morning, in order for us to get the most out of what God wants to share with us, in order for us to get the greatest revelation, I need to share with you and teach you two Hebrew words, okay? The first Hebrew word I want to share with you today is the Hebrew word Adam, 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 okay? Adam. This word means man or Adam. We can see it written both ways in the scripture. When you read Adam or you read man in the Old Testament, you know, you're reading the word Adam. It also comes from a root word that basically means reddish. Okay? Adam, red, reddish color. Uh, the Hebrew word for blood, for example, is dom. Okay? So Adam, you know, um, you know to, 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 you know, the, the red blood figures in. Let's read Genesis 1.26 again now, the first part of it. Are you ready? Then God said, let us make Adam in our image. Let us make Adam in our image. Let us make man in our image. Let us make Adam in our image. Now, I want you to go with me a few verses down into chapter 2 where we see God doing that. We, we see God making man, okay? He said, let us make Adam in our image. Well, let's look down in the book of uh, Genesis second chapter, beginning in verse four, and let's see where God actually started that process, actually completed that process of making man. In verse four, this is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that God made the earth and the heavens before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no Adam to till it. There was no man, no Adam to till the ground. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed Adam of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. This is the making of man. God formed Adam. He formed man. He formed Adam of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man, Adam. Adam became a living soul. Now, let me share with you this second Hebrew word. The first Hebrew word, Adam, means man. This second Hebrew word is Adama. Adam, Adama. Can you see how they're connected? Of course they are. Adam, Adama. You can see the Aleph and the Dalai and the, you know, Adama, Adam. This word means ground, dirt, soil, the earth in its natural state. Now let's read Genesis 2, verse 7, one more time, where God is making man. 
The Lord God formed Adam from the dust of the Adamah and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and Adam became a living soul. Verse 8. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man, Adam, whom he had formed. Verse 9. And out of the Adamah, out of the ground, out of the Adamah, the Lord God made every tree to grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Down to verse 19. Out of the Adamah, you remember, out of the ground, out of the Adamah, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them and whatever Adam called each living creature, that was his name. Now, it's easy to see the relationship between Adam and Adamah, between man and the earth. You see, God used the earth not only to, to create Adam, not only to create man, but also to create all of the trees and the plants and all of the animals. In fact, the Bible tells us that everything God made, he created from Adamah. Well, it's easy to see that God created the heavens and the earth in such a way that he had man in mind when he created God created the heavens and the earth in such a unique way as to be the sustainer of life God created the earth and he created man from the earth he created Adam from the Adamah and in Adamah is everything that Adam needs apparently Perhaps. We see the earth as the sustainer of mankind. Everything that you need to live still comes from the earth today. God created the earth and he created it for you. That's what Psalms 115 verse 16 says. The heaven even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men, to the Benadam. He has given it to the children of men, to the Benadam. He has given the Adama to the Benadam. The Adama, the earth. What does this mean? Why does this make any difference? What, you know, I mean, why are we talking about this on Sunday morning? What is this? A, a lesson of natural resources trying to get you to be more conservative? No, I think there's plenty. Okay. I think we haven't even tapped into all the things that God has in, 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 in Adama for us. I mean, it's amazing already. I mean, it's already pretty amazing. You know, your cell phone was made from Adama. Isn't that pretty amazing? It's already pretty amazing. But, you know, I imagine, and imagine correctly, by the way, because I'm unanimous in my opinion. And I imagine... That if we could just harness the energy that is in one drop of water, we could run the earth forever. You know, it's amazing what God has placed in Adamah to take care of Adam. God gave us everything we need to live. It is amazing. 
But what does this mean? How does this truth affect us today? Well, God created an earth and gave us natural resources so that we could live and enjoy our life on planet earth. He gave us plants and animals and minerals and water and raw materials to refine and to, to produce you know, everything imaginable from mud huts to space stations come from Adama. Okay. Adama, I mean, that's how the space station got there is because of the ground. The same ground you were taken out of, the space station was taken out of. The cows were taken out of. I had steak and potatoes for breakfast this morning, thanks to Adama. <laughs> when I leave here, guess what I'm going to have? I'm going to have Thai food today, and it's going to be spicy. Thank you, Adama. <laughs> it's coming out of the ground. Everything comes out of the ground. I'm going to drive there in a car, thanks to Adama. You've got clothes on, thank you, Adama. Everything. You can't name one thing that did not come from Adama. Oh, I know your brains are spinning now. Some of you are wanting to Googleize that, aren't you? We can live off of the earth and enjoy houses and cars and the finest meals and the nicest clothes thanks to Adama. We can be warm in the winter and cool in the summer in America, thanks to Adama. We can sail the oceans and we can fly the skies and we can enjoy mountain peaks and, and, and enjoy the views of tree-lined rivers and fertile valleys and, and we can cross continents and build castles all because God gave us Adama, the same Adama that he took us from. We can enjoy life. We can, you know, uh, catch fish and we can raise cattle and we can ride horses and we can hunt game and we can, you know, hike trails and we can watch football and we can mass fortunes and we can feed millions all because of Adama. Adama was created by God and given to us for our good and it supplies everything we need to live. Nothing is beyond what we can imagine because of Adama. My goodness, there's a space station. Nothing is beyond our capabilities because of Adama. Nothing that is except one thing. You see, you can live off of what the earth supplies, but you cannot have life without God. What we read in Genesis concerning the creation of man reveals the eternal key to the supernatural spiritual truths of God. The greatest truth that was ever revealed is revealed in Genesis 2-7. 
And the Lord God formed Adam of the dust of the Adamah. But as yet, he was just a lifeless, dead lump of reddish clay. Until God breathed in his nostrils the Ruach, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. Then and only then, man, Adam, became a living soul. You see, God has given the earth to supply every need we have to live. But we cannot have life without the Spirit of God. Today, there are a lot of dead, lifeless lumps of clay walking around enjoying Adama. They are enjoying all the things that Adama can afford. They are enjoying houses. They are enjoying cars. They are making the most of opportunities they've been given. Perhaps they have the biggest house. Maybe they have the best car. Maybe they're, 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 they sport the latest fashions. Maybe they're wearing the most expensive jewelry. Maybe they're decked out with diamonds and gold and silver. And maybe they're eating the finest meals and enjoying the best that money can buy. But they're dead without Pursuing a life, not realizing that the more they get never satisfies and, and, and all they could get cannot save them. It cannot give to them the one thing that God is willing to do and that is to breathe into that lump of clay and cause eternal supernatural resources to come and bring life. I'm not talking about the natural life. You know, you could be living well. You could be doing very well today and be dead. There is a life, a spiritual, eternal, everlasting life that will take you to infinity and beyond. If you will but allow the creator of the universe to do to you what he did to this first Adam. If you will allow him to fill your life with his presence, with his spirit, with his breath. You will become immortal, eternal, everlasting. And Adama will yield her produce to you. Adama will be a blessing to you. The devil wants to do everything he can to get you out of the garden that God has intended for you. Don't let him rob the life, not one second. Not one minute, not one experience. Don't let him. 
overshadow the life that God desires to give you. All that you could gain in this world will pale in comparison to what God has prepared for those who loved him. I mean, come on now. You know, you have a cell phone, you have a computer, you have a car, you have, you know, you have nice clothes, nice shoes, and you should, and you have jewelry, and God, God made that for you, and he gave it to you. He gave the earth to the children of men. He wants you to be blessed in the earth, but he does not want that to take the place of him in your life. And it can so quickly because when people are doing well, when people are blessed, when people are prospering, when people have everything they need, it's hard to imagine that they need anything else. Paul said it best in Romans, the eighth chapter. He said, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world? If Adama yielded every secret to you, if Adama gave you everything that you wanted and everything that you needed, what would it profit you to gain the whole world and yet lose your soul? Or what, he said, would a man give in exchange for his soul? You see, now, I, I has not seen and ear has not heard and neither has entered into the heart of any man those things which God has prepared for those who love him. You think Adama has treated you well. Oh, you just wait till you get to the new Adama. You just wait. Talk about Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of any man those things that await the individual who will realize that I am but a lump of clay and this earthen tabernacle will one day be dissolved. One day I will no longer be a man of Adama, no longer be a Ben Adama. And if I'm not a child of God, if I don't have life, then my living will stop. One day, a very rich man came to Jesus and he asked Jesus, how do I inherit? How do I obtain eternal life? Jesus knew this man to be a good man. To be a religious man. This man went to church. This man, you know, honored his parents. This man didn't commit adultery. This man, you know, didn't cheat. He didn't lie. He didn't steal. Jesus knew this was a good man. And Jesus loved this man. The Bible says Jesus loved him and had compassion upon him. And this man said, I'm doing everything I know. I'm trying to be good and I'm doing my best. And Jesus said, there's one thing you lack of course, Jesus was talking to him about the relationship that comes to a person whenever they turn their life over to God and make Jesus the Lord of their life. More than a Savior, make him your Lord. Whatever you're going through this morning, whether it's good times or difficult times, believe me, you can put your trust in God. 
He's trustworthy. God wants to bless you and he wants to give you a good life on the earth. And he wants to give you a great life beyond that. But all of the opportunities of this world cannot afford one minute of eternity. God has issued an invitation. It's an open invitation. It's to any person at any time. The invitation is to come and be born again. To be filled with the breath, the spirit, the life of God. To offer your soul in this earthen tabernacle. To offer it to God as creator and sustainer of all life. To realize that life is more than just about what I can get from Adama. There is more to life than just being human. You have been given an invitation to become superhuman. A new creation in Christ Jesus. Today, if you are not born again, you can be. And believe me, like that young rich ruler sitting in church won't make it happen. Being good won't make it happen. Making money, giving money won't make it happen. Somewhere, that lump of clay that you call life has to turn to Father God and accept the invitation and ask Jesus into your heart and into your life. It won't happen because you know about him. He wants you to know him. If you're not sure you're saved today, you can be. Number two, perhaps you are born again. Maybe the life of God, you know, uh, came into you and you, you, you asked Jesus to become your Lord and Savior and indeed you are saved and you're on your way to heaven. Good. How are you living? How are you living this life? Are you living this life paying more attention to what Adama can give you instead of what you can give Almighty God? God is willing to bless you. Is there a part of your life that you're holding to yourself out from under the covering of his lordship? He's going to love you. If you're his child, he's going to love you no matter what you do. You know, this is a message that, that, that I can't preach loud enough, but it's not a license to sin. God's going to love you whatever you do. He's going to save your soul if you'll give him the chance and he will take you to heaven. But Why in the world would we want to put a cover on a light that we have lit? The Bible says no man does that. Don't do that. Let your light so shine. I want to encourage you this morning. If you have been born again. I want to encourage you to do the same thing that a lost person would do this morning. And I want you to do it again tomorrow. And I want you to do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And that is to offer your life to Jesus Christ on an altar. To offer your life to him and bring it under his lordship. And to say to him, how can I please you today? 
Don't worry about the things you're going to eat and the things you're going to wear and the things, you know, don't. He said, don't worry about those things. All those things will be added to you abundantly if you will seek him and his kingdom first. He said, I will take care. I will cause Adumah to yield its resources to you if you will but turn your life over to my lordship and seek me in my pleasure. Every person needs to do that every day. Salvation secures our soul, but the life we live pleases God and affects others. If you take the Word of God out of the equation, if you take a child of God out of the equation, it negatively affects everything else in the family, at the workplace, at school, in church, in community. We must let our lights shine. There is nothing more powerful than a person who is right with God. There is nothing more peaceful than a person who is right with God. There is nothing more promising, more productive than a person that is right with God. You may be in a situation that's wrong, but you can be the right person in a wrong place. You can be the right person in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. You can let your light shine. You may need to work on you and get victory in your situation before you can work on others and get victory over your situation. Let God be God. Trust him even in the midst of your difficult days. Number one, recognize that you need a Savior. If you're lost or if you're born again, Recognize every day, every morning I've made a commitment to honor God with my first thought, with my first breath, with my, with my first action, to honor God, to recognize him every morning when my eyes open up. I've made a commitment and I'm living that commitment that I say, God, today is your day, Lord. Today I want to please you. Lord, what can I do for you today? Under your lordship, God, help me, almighty God, to let my light shine today, Lord. And whatever the situation it can be a challenge, but you can do it. If you're lost, recognize your need for a Savior. Number two, turn from your sin. What is sin? Sin is, in this instance, to miss the mark, to miss the bullseye, to err. Go for the bullseye. You know, don't go for, you know, to just be in the ballpark. Go for the bullseye. Come on, turn from your sin, your thoughts, your Google, <laughs> whatever it may be. Your anger, your hurt, your resentment, your problems, your pain. If it's causing you to sin, give it to God. Turn from your sin. And number three, embrace Jesus as Lord today. There is more to life than just natural resources and what they can afford. Listen, there is a, there are, there is, there are, there is, there is a trillion years. Did I get that right? There are a trillion years? I don't know. Anyway, there's a trillion years. 
Some English majors out there going, there's a trillion years ahead of us. And that won't even scratch the surface. Come on now. Are you ready? Let's go to infinity and beyond.